everyone. Before we jump in, I just want to give you a quick reminder that we are dropping mini episodes on Thursdays. So what the heck's a mini episode? It is an episode that is under 10 minutes and meant to give you that little extra motivational boost to get yourself through the rest of the week. So be sure to check those out. But for right now, I am jumping in with the incredible Chris Thompson. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Entrepreneurs, I am very excited to welcome Chris Thompson to today's show. This gentleman came across my radar, and I have to say, I dug into the the company that he runs, and I was so impressed. I just had to have him on the show today. So let me tell you a little bit about this amazing person. So he has dedicated the last 30 plus years to running and managing the Student Works Management Program, which is a program dedicated to helping ambitious business students acquire the skills and experience necessary for you know, them not only to be successful when they leave school, but for them to become a leader of tomorrow, which I just, I love that so much. Um, the program allows young 18 year olds to make over 100K in revenue within their first First year of business. And Student Works has grown over 161 plus millionaires with their proven system, and they're in store for a record year right now. And if that wasn't enough, guys, on top of that, 99% of their students are able to land a great paying job within the first year out of school. You know, Chris is the proud, is super proud of being the head coach of his team and the operators because he knows how priceless experience can be in this ever-changing world. Amen to that, Chris. Um, He also has a podcast that debuted in 2019 in the top 100 called Leaders of Tomorrow, which I definitely recommend you check out if you get the chance. And Chris, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really am looking forward to this conversation. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. And thank you for your kind words. I'm most appreciative. Yeah. I mean, I just, we were speaking about it before this. I just love the concept behind your business. There are so many amazing students that come out of, of college and universities, but don't necessarily have that real world experience that they need and nobody's there to teach them. So they end up learning the hard way, right? (laughs) Yeah, it really is true. And, and so, you know, first of all, I noticed, you know, you went to Boston university. I went to the university of Toronto, two very, very good schools and, and I'm a pro university and in my mind, it's not enough. Right. Um, you know, and just if I look at my career, I'm constantly learning, constantly developing, taking courses, belonging to different groups. And, and you know, I just had a conversation before this about uh, with, uh, you know, I'm a mentor for one of our former operators who's, who looks like he's got an offer to sell his business for a bunch of money. And, and so it's, it's so important to get that type of learning and growth. And so we are really, really unique in what we do. Um, And uh, I'd be happy to share a little bit about that with your audience if you'd like. 
Yeah. I mean, I would love to just kind of hear your origin story from the beginning. It's a really interesting one. And I think yeah. dovetail right into kind of what you guys do for a company. Cause I, again, I think it's ridiculously valuable for people out there. Yeah. So, so um, in, uh, I, I, when I was at the University of Toronto, I was a competitive swimmer, but I, but I, 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 through running an orientation on campus, I met a guy who was the co-founder of this business and, and um, he, he welcomed me to join the business. And, and, and so I was the 10th owner operator in the third year of operation of our business. And um, I, I just loved it. What, what I learned to do was, was recruit, manage, market, sell f- painting projects, uh, home painting projects uh, throughout the Toronto area, my, my, my community around my home. And so for three summers around school, I did that. Um, I also became later on a district manager. So someone who coached and developed the younger operators or those operators. And eventually in 1989, I got the opportunity to buy in and, uh, and, and, and become a part owner of the business. Um, one of the things for me was the two founders who are still my good friends, um, two co-founders, um, or that's what I call them, but the, the, the two co-founders really, in my mind, never really got the business to the level I, I got the business. I remember being in a, a bar and we were of age, uh, but, um, <laughs> and, and first year, second year of running the business. And I remember just telling the people who were there, our, our fellow operators, we are just going to be so much further ahead than other people because of what we're doing now at 19 and 20 and 21. This is just so impactful. And I'm sure they went and said, Chris, would you just shut up? You know, what's going on? How the Blue Jays doing? If they were around at that point, but um, you know, and, and it was, it was like, okay, you know, just, just chill. But I really got connected to the idea that I could do well doing this. I never thought I could do as well as we've ended up doing, but I, I thought I definitely could do really well doing this while making a difference, yeah. you know, while really being a great coach, while really being a great mentor by really making a difference in our community. And, uh, and that's a great way to spend a life. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, I think a lot of us go in to make a difference, but to hear you say kind of, you know, you, you chose the right horse in the race, right? Like you knew yes. kind of going forward and you could see that vision. Yes. That maybe, you know, as, as founders, sometimes they don't see. I mean, and yes. that, that's fair game. Yes. Right? And that's why you often see founders kind of come in and then the second or third person that comes behind them is the one who booms the business, right? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think making a difference is, is, is amazing in the process, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, so continue the story. So yeah. you, you bought so, the whole business? That would have yeah. So, so, so it, in, um, the, 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 you know, um, my mentor, uh, developed the business. We, one of our, one of our former alumni called the period in the business back then, like the dot-com boom before the dot-com. And he, <laughs> he was the senior VP of KPMG across Canada. So no small fry. Right. Uh, his name's Chris Chapman. And, 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 and so we were growing, we were growing across the United States and it was booming. And we went from like, I don't know, 600,000 to $21 million in about four or five years. Wow. And unfortunately, there were some missteps. There were some, all of a sudden, some territories that didn't go well. There was some debt, you know, house purchases that maybe shouldn't have been purchased. And he found himself in debt and, uh, or sorry, in a, he needed to sell. So right. I found the opportunity to, to, to buy, which was a, a fantastic opportunity. And um, I, I took that business on and, um, and uh, 
grew it and, and, or sorry, and really developed it and it was successful and stayed that way. The one interesting thing for me, Michelle, is, is, that, is that although I really think, I, again, I had a really great vision for the business, I really wasn't that clear on how to grow it. And, and so one, one other way to, 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 to uh, have growth or is, is to actually talk to other people, learn from other people's yeah. experience. So, so I've always been in contact with the, a number of the people who do what I do across North America. And there was one guy, unfortunately, he's passed on, Andrew Britnell, and he had made a whole bunch of improvements to the business in Western Canada. And you know, systems and processes and, and we created a database together and, and um, I could just see that he was doing things that were making a really big difference in the business. Right. And, um, you know, he was really, really generous with me as I was with him. Um, but he was really, really generous and shared those and said, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. And all of a sudden the business t- took off because for a period of time, it was like, I was really running a camp almost like I was like, like I was kind of like, this is a camp that just keeps doing $3 million a year in business. But I was really at a ceiling and Andrew helped us get by that ceiling. And that was a really amazing, um, uh, amazing thing, amazing opportunity, um, you know, for, for, for doing that. Great. I mean, now, so, so were you guys technically competitors? Cause we were, no, well, well, we, we actually trade, uh, on the same trademark. So he, okay. he, was, he was the group that sold off. He was one of those people. So he and I both own the Student Works trademark. He owns it. Now his wife owns it and, um, with, with a partner, um, uh, a legacy partner out West. And, and, and my wife and I own the trademark here in, in, uh, in uh, Eastern Canada. So, so we were not competitors. So it really is wonderful. And that's one of the things that we really have a big opportunity in our business is we have all sorts of people. We have, you know, this past summer, 180 people doing roughly the same thing. All of our students are running the same business. So they're all able to share without competing. Right. Like, here's my best practice. Here's my, the best way to do this. And then even better able to compete meaning I want to be number one, or I'm now number 10. How can I get to number eight? And so that's another big thing that's really worked for us in, in terms of friendly cooperation, friendly competition. Uh, and that's something that, that, that a lot of times businesses can, can work, um, work in is, is, is that if you're running a business in one area of, the, of the, the country, you can reach out to somebody else and they can go, oh, yeah, I could help you. You could help me. And we right. both win. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent for the abundance mentality. And, you know, I run, mm-hmm. I run a chapter of female entrepreneurs where, you know, we're not wow. seat specific as we say, right? So yeah. you could be a realtor in mm-hmm. Massachusetts and we're always giving the example of, okay, well then why don't you speak to a realtor in California and see where the trends are coming from, right? Because yes. whether or not you're territorially, territorial, territorially, yes. yes. <laughs> whether or not you're in the same area or not, I think, you know, having that abundance mentality and, but that level of healthy competition, because I do yes. believe like that can be motivating depending on the personality, um, yes. but having the ability to kind of come to the table at a, in a neutral zone and say, this is what's working for me. How about you? Must yes. be extremely valuable for your students. It, 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 it has been for, the, for, for my students and it has been for me. And one of the things I always like to say is literally we're standing on thousands of shoulders, like all the people who have gone through the business. So, you know, one of the things, you know, again, um, 
I, I've never thought I'm the smartest person in the room except here because I'm the only person in the room right now. But, but um, I'm smart enough to know here's all sorts of smart people. Let's take their best ideas. Let's continue to craft them. Let's, let's build on them. You know, and and, and uh, our business is really built on a bunch of really tremendous systems. Yeah. And I didn't build them. And I was smart enough to have other people who were building them and go, hey, thank you. And this is great. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I did it for my business. Well, can we share it for sure? And, and then we just kept on getting them better and better and better. Awesome. Awesome. I just love it. I love, I love that idea of, you know, standing on other people's shoulders. I was speaking yeah. to somebody earlier about how, you know, there are in business, there tend to never be original ideas. There's just, yes. you know, more optimized ones or, you know, a different spin or somebody's personality on one or whatever that may be. So these people are who kind of chase that next new big idea. And we're, and I'm one of the people who was like, there isn't one. Just yes. Find we, your spin of, of a solve. We, we, we like the term R and D. And for us, R&D is rip off and duplicate. You know, that's what our, our R&D is. So, so we just, you know, again, lots of books behind me. I read all of them. Uh, but also as well, we just, okay, what could work? How could we craft that for our business? What, you know, why am I trying to um, find the best coaching ideas? I've read them. Just exactly. implement them. Just do them. And you know, put and spin uh, on them. Put you mm -hmm. into. Of course. Them, right. Absolutely. Because when you say like rip off and development, one that's hysterical, and two like, <laughs> but you're not, um, or rip off and duplicate rather. Like you're not duplicating it right down to the no, little itty bitty thing, yes. right? Because yes. I think that's what people don't understand is that you are the thing that sets it apart. Your students yes. could be selling all the same product, but that individual student they will all sell it slightly differently. And that's 100%. where people buy yeah. in. And right? it's not, it's, and you're right, it's a, it's a joke. It's just for our, for our listeners, it's, it's not plagiarism. It's, you know, it's, it's just saying, right. oh, what a great idea. Let's take that. Look what they're doing. Great. There's a way that, you know, Amazon looks at that. Why can't we look at that in a similar way? You know, that's the idea. And that's right. why you're saying, you know, there are no new ideas. You're just building on other people's ideas. Exactly, exactly. And then to your point, you know, I'm a big, my background is in operations and, you know, people process technology crossover points and stuff like that. And, you know, when it comes to that, having the processes, which I think people do not put enough emphasis on is those repeatable processes that are tried and true that can streamline your budgets, streamline your, you know, level of effort, all of the things. So, I mean, how did you go about in the past couple of years, just fine tuning those? Or, I mean, have you, have you had to, I well, guess? Why don't we put a pin in that topic? Because that's a really important topic and you'll like what I have to say there. Okay. But this is the resilient entrepreneur. So I should talk about some yeah. setbacks and I'll talk about sure. really my, you know, I, you know <laughs> my, one of my biggest setbacks, if, yeah. if not, it's, it's, it was the biggest setback. So um, when my business was camped out in one spot and I couldn't figure out how to grow it. And again, I loved it. I was, I was a coach. I was developing these people. I'd set a big audacious goal of creating a thousand millionaires and, and, but I, I couldn't figure out what to do next. Okay. And there's reasons for that and we'll get into them later, but I started to do other things. So I became the chapter president of the entrepreneurs organization in Toronto and I, I learned more leadership. And then I got the opportunity to facilitate and to coach and to train outside. I was making money as a trainer and a speaker. Um, and then I got brought in by a, a company in the United States who does what we do and got paid a significant amount of money to provide coaching and development there in a profit sharing role. Right. And then 
um, which you, you'll, you'll, you'll see, hold on, that, that's, that, that's already a, enough thens. And then we had the opportunity to partner with Home Depot. And so we set up a separate business and um, we basically grew our Home Depot painting business from $300,000. Five years later, we were doing $26 million across Canada and the United States. And you would think that would be fantastic. Um, And, but we really were chasing something that wasn't us. We were chasing, like we were in the painting business. We've never been in the painting business. We're in the leadership development business. And so ultimately that lost over like millions of dollars for my friends and partners and, um, and it put us in a huge, huge hole financially um, and uh, spiritual, spiritually and emotionally um, and uh, caused enormous, enormous pain, you know, frankly, to my family, like just, just, yeah. and, and just a bunch of my judgment was just wrong. And you talk about integrity, you know, there were just some integrity, like, it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, didn't I see the impact of this uh, um, you know, that it's off course. And the reality is I didn't, you know, that's, that's, that's what the reality is. So, so not to be hard on myself, just go, okay. And, and so, um, we, uh, saw it and, 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 and then at the same time, all these things are happening. Like we're going this and we're going that like, and I was full on and I, and, and again, my, my plan was for this to be full on and to crush it so that we would be on happy street. Um, and it was like, oh no, <laughs> we're not. We're not. <laughs> really? we're not, we're not. Yeah. Now, now the, one of the things that happened um, as, as a result of this is, is that there was a discovery, Michelle. And the discovery was that I actually was living with this incredible lady and I already knew she was an incredible lady. We've been married over 30 years now, but she actually went to uh, one of the best schools in business for business in, in Canada. And she was an interior designer. And, and it was one of those things where it was like, when you, I studied history and I'm a coach, a speaker, a recruiter, a trainer, and I, and, I, and I don't really know systems and processes and finance and accounting and legal issues. And I know, I know some legals because my dad's a lawyer, but, but it was like she came into the business and, and over the last number of years basically has become the CEO of the business. And so she runs wow. really the business. And now I am, you know, still doing exactly what I used to do, but now all the stuff that should have been dealt with that I really wasn't, there there was kind of being dealt with. Now it's totally being dealt with. And as a result, our business has grown and flourished and developed. Wonderful. I mean, it just sounds like you stepped into kind of your zones of genius. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's right. That happened a lot with kind of the nonprofit world where somebody comes in with the passion, Mm -hmm. right? And the passion builds the business and the love of the impact builds the business to a certain level. And then, you know, you really do need that COO or CEO to come in and actually do the business of doing business. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, and that's, that's it. And, and, and to take the pin out of what you were talking about. So, processes and systems. So Andrew Brittnell gave us a lot of the systems and, and, and our operators and district managers made a bunch of improvements. But then, you know, Helen, uh, my partner and CEO just made such a difference in, in processes. And, and it was one of those things where literally it doesn't even occur to me 
that's not really working as well, you know, or what, you know, like it's, it's, it's just a, a blind spot for me. Mm -hmm. And so for her, she's always looking, that's not working so well. How can we make it work better? You know, and, and more than how can we make it work better? Here's a process that will actually make this problem go away. Like our customer support solutions. It's just so managed and so, so dealt with. And we have a A plus, you know, better business bureau and just incredible customer satisfaction and just things used to slip through the pipe with 10,000 jobs or, or at the time 5,000, but now there's, you know, 10 plus thousands, but, but, and it's, and it's processes and systems and you need different people who think differently to manage those. You do. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and plus, you know, I don't think you realize unless you do take that moment to step back or you do have somebody who has that operational mindset. Yes. I don't think you realize how much it's hurting your bottom line as an, especially in entrepreneurship, you know, when you're, when you're either dealing with funders or you're dealing with bootstrapping or whatever version of your business you have, optimizing your processes is going to really help your bottom line in a whole different set of ways that you don't realize it. Well, and one of the things I often say is, is that again, we're just so much better as a team. And, and again, you're right. I, I spend 90% of my time in my genius and, and my, my wife has me, Chris, go do your thing and go, you know, go create value over there and, and I'll, I'll manage this. And, and so, but it's, it's, and, and again, these areas are just all blind and it's, it's so for our entrepreneurs who are listening, it's like, what areas are blind to you? Yeah. What are you missing? What aren't you seeing in your life? And, and again, it's not, you won't find them. Sorry, you, you, can, you can't be the person who finds them likely for you to scale your business. It's who, who can help you? It's yeah. a who, it's a who, not a what can I do? No, it's a who, who can I find to support me? I say that often about when you're, when it comes down to hiring coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, we're great because we see the blind spots because they're blind for a reason, right? So, you know, for people who are always, you know, stuck, especially if you have founders, yeah. You know, as I'm sure you saw coming in after them, you know, founder syndrome is a real thing, guys. Yes. Yeah. Especially in the entrepreneur world where your business could be an extension of you personally and it's your baby, you know, yeah. making that step into scaling can be extremely nerve wracking, but necessary. 110%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I just, I love that. I love that story and the fact that you kind of relinquished the power to the, to the girl with the zone of genius of it. Right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've, you know, again, one of the things is, is, uh, you know, first of all, I'm a coach. That's really what I am. That's predominantly what I am. And as a result of being a coach, I have coach friends, you know, and so one of my great coach friends go in, he keeps telling, okay, so Chris, you're the coach, you're the head coach, be a coach, you know, and it's just, it's just like, stay in that in that spot, you know, just, just, you know, and, uh, and, 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 you know, again, there was a lot of pain associated with those mistakes and, and, and it's like, you know, what do they say? Um, uh, you know, forgiving yourself for an imperfect past. Oh, it's a better line than that. But anyhow, it's, 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 it's just, it's just giving that up and just saying, okay, and now what are we doing today? And I think also there's, there's so many things to be learned in failing. Yes. I, I'm sure you stress that to your students. We do all the time. Yes. It's it's an easier lesson for them than me, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> because we're set in so much. And I think it took me yeah. until, you know, within the last couple of years to really say like, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Done is yes. better than perfect. And mm-hmm. failing does bring value. And so does, I mean, I wouldn't have be hosting a podcast around resilience if I didn't believe yeah. that. Yes. You know, there's those lessons are so, so, so valuable. valuable. 
yeah. in life, yeah. good, bad, whatever the situation is. Um, yeah, and, 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 and I think one of the things as well is, is if I really think as well, like the, the lessons are valuable when you go back and you take full responsibility, yeah. full accountability. Yes. Um, you know, by the way, uh, you know, one of the factors for our Home Depot demise was the 2008 real estate crisis. So we were growing and growing and growing. All of a sudden, Home Depot said, we got to focus on the store. So all these other services, we're going to phase out. So it could be, oh, there's the excuse that caused what happened. No. Total responsibility, total accountability. And then we can really look in the mirror and say, what can I gain from this? What can I look at that? Really, I'm just literally in the wrong field. I I I was being a painter. I'm not a painter. I'm a coach. Get in right. the coaching field. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you guys got off there. You got away from your mission. Yes, a lot of levels, exactly. Right? So, yes. I mean, you see that a lot in companies. There's a mission drift. Yes. Know, and they really do have to realign. And the time in which they realize they need to realign is when it hits the bottom line, right? And yes. Really, yeah. Quote, unquote, feel it in some yes. respect. Yeah, um, exactly. Which, but I just, I love the fact that you said, like, you know, you have to take ownership because... And I think dis- distinguishing between what you own and what you don't own is extremely important from a self-awareness perspective too. Because yes. I tend to see entrepreneurs um, who take ownership of too much stuff that is yes. not theirs to own. <laughs> you know, to your point, the market taking mm-hmm. a dip, you know, your ownership of the company is something that you own, the performance, but the market mm-hmm. itself, you can only control to so far, you know, well, so much, right? 100%. And by the, by the way, as well, Also, to properly understand ownership in my mind is separate from blame. Blame doesn't work. It never works. It never works. And by the way, I still coach myself all the time on, you know, (laughs) give up the blame, right? So, but, but I still need to be coached. And it's all about what is there to discover? What's there to take apart and look and, and, and just be accountable for? Um, just in the look, what didn't work and why didn't it work and how could it have worked or what should I have been doing rather than that? Like, and with no blame, no energy, no negativity, it's just looking. You know, that's, that's what I mean by ownership. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, being able to detach your self-worth and your value from the end yeah. results has got to be something that as entrepreneurs, as just business people in general, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to learn. I mean, for myself, I remember I was running um, PayPal Europe's email marketing team. Huge, yes. huge team, huge stakes, lots of pressure. And one of my employees, you know, made a pretty big error. And I just remember wanting to, you know, off myself that weekend. I was just yeah. so devastated, you know, because back then I didn't realize like, that's not me. Yes, yes. That is, as a leader, I yeah. have to take the ownership, I have to understand and I have to reassess, but it doesn't make me any less of a person. Yes, personally, exactly. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, for, no, 100%. And those are, those, are, those, are, those are great lessons to have, right? And, and again, yeah. where resiliency comes from. It's like, okay, you know, what can I learn from this? And the, you know, one of the things, um, you know, uh, I'm in the million dollar club. So I've lost over a million dollars in my lifetime, you know, in investments or, or in business yeah. things that failed. And, 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 you know, I used to be so, you know, or, or there was a lot of shame attached to that. But as, yeah. as I sort of opened up to talk to other entrepreneurial friends well, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Like, you know, if you talk to, you know, other very successful people, you'll see, oh, no, no, you just see my public face, 
right? And, and, exactly. and, and by the way, that's what you should put forward, right? And, and you know, sorry, most of the time, right? You know, how am I? I my answer, I'm sure, was fantastic, right? Or something like that, <laughs> you know? So, so and, and I am today. But, but there's, there's, there's that, the private face, the, the things that aren't working that, you know, again, you know, people, people really don't want to know, but this is about knowing that to sort of, yeah. and for people to go, okay, you know, he struggles, she struggles too. Yeah. I mean, I find that a lot. Anytime that I tell something or speak about a struggle, as I'm sure you do too, you always have at least one person in that room or in that circle who says, oh, I thought I was the only one. Yes. Right. And that, that kind of sense of like, oh, I'm not alone in this. And I, and then they can release their shame over it. Yes. You know, as you're releasing yours, which I think is in business, we don't need that baggage. We have enough stuff to deal with and enough things coming at us on the daily that, you know, being able to release that baggage, I can imagine is extremely valuable for you. It totally is. And again, personally and professionally, right? The same, the same thing, right? Like, you know, it's like, you know, couples, they'll sit there and, oh, their relationship looks so great. And then, but of course you're you just know. going out for dinner with them, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, oh, they don't struggle like we do sometimes. Well, of course, everybody Everyone does. Struggles. That's just what everybody life is. Does. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that is social media for you right there. Yes. Right? I mean, yeah. I always, I always say social media, you see, you see the final performance. You're not seeing the dress rehearsal. Yes. You know, and I, and I have people say, that to me oh my gosh your your life is so great and oh my gosh the business and I'm like yeah but you didn't see me crawling like crying on the floor the other night or you know (laughs) fighting with my children or you know struggling through x y and z because that's the human journey like that's Nobody, anyone who says that they're not doing that stuff, I kind of call bullshit on. I do too. I do too. Exactly. That's not cool. I don't want to do business with you then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, and that, that's kind of a good segue into, if you don't mind us kind of shifting here. And I know, you know, you and I talked a bit about it is about what, what place integrity does have in the business world. And, you know, because you see kind of that stereotypical cutthroat entrepreneur business person, you know, so talk to us a little bit about how you think integrity plays into to doing business nowadays yeah so so um you know first of all like i really i like to me um like i i've got a bunch of stories about integrity so number one one of the one of the things that we'll find is we coach young people how to sell really well and there's a real difference between selling with integrity and using all the tools that i to teach you how to sell to manipulate Agreed. And to Agreed. take advantage of and wow, someone's driving a BMW or they look really, really wealthy or looks like they really like me. I'm going to increase my price. Yeah. And so one of the things we, 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 we coach them on is, is that that just won't work. And first of all, there's a real good chance they have that money because they're really smart with money. Right. Number one, exactly. number two, exactly. that's right. Number two, you know, again, manipulating people can feel it and sense it and, 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 okay. and get in the way. And then the third catch is you will stop wanting to run a business likely unless you're a narcissist yes. because it's, 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 it's just your, 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 you'll go, I'm just so evil. I, this, this is not fulfilling. Yeah. Instead of going into every sale, every opportunity to really be of service with people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's been a, a, a concept that has started to grow and build and build around conscious capitalism, right? And, and um, you know, 
let's look at all the stakeholders. Let's look at the community. Let's look at my staff. Let's look at my customers. Let's look at, you know, obviously the profit of the business and sustainability of the business, the environmental impact of the business. And let's consider all these things as really important rather than Milton Friedman. The only thing that matters is profit. And, and so, so it's, of course, that's how you want to run a business, you know, and, and, you know, it, it really shocks me how people get so interested in how much tax they're spending when they're really worth a load of money. Yeah. Like we're doing really well. And, and yes, I care, but my gosh, like when you're worth a really, really boatload of money, it just seems so crazy that you wouldn't care about the community and that it wouldn't matter. Um, and I get it, it's pretty burdensome, when, but, but the, you also get the opportunity to live in North America and have the markets that we have and the staffing and the amazing people that come from the amazing universities that, that, that again, you didn't fund. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's this big circle that exists for people to play in. And I really do believe as well that most, most successful business people have way more to do with that than the shark, the narcissist. Yeah. And the reason I say that is, is, you know, just like what would it take to really run a billion dollar business? I don't know, but it's, you'd have to have some incredible people skills and ethics, I think, to keep people together and the values to keep people together. Um, mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times people, you know, see the bad stories in the, in the paper, see the press, see the, you know, the money focus, and it's easy to sort of lose track that that's, I, I don't think that's really the way it's getting done. Right. Right. And I think uh, on the kind of flip side of that is I hear from a lot of leaders who are leading gigantic companies, you know, this, this mentality of it's lonely at the top, right? Yes. So, you know, where you see, where somebody may see this amazing leader and they're in their jet or they're doing this or they're doing that, you know, and I'm not saying to feel bad for them. I'm not going for the sympathy plea here, No. but I am saying that that is still a person because at some point, sometimes some of these leaders of companies become this, this thing rather than a yep. person, like an icon versus a person. And that's where those preconceived notions can come from. And at the end of the day, you know, they're just human. I mean, as long as they keep their egos in check, I will say yep, that. for sure. <laughs> but there is that, I mean, I was raised to believe that I don't care if you're a janitor or you're a CEO, yep. you're at the same level in my book. I'm going to have yep. the same conversation with you and treat you yep. similarly. One hundred percent, and there's there's no question that there's some like you know there's some um, traits uh, that could skew well for a leader that aren't healthy: narcissism, Agreed. you know, workaholism, uh, and 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 so um, it's all about me. And there's no real consciousness, a total lack of consideration for others, and and so there's some mental problems, literally mental problems that that could actually skew to be successful. And so that so that not being, not saying that those things aren't the case, and and. Um, you know, and so that's sometimes what also will happen. Like you see people, you know, organizations that just get so run amok that they start not caring about the environment. And you always, you go, hold on, your family lives here and you're putting dirty water, dirty sewage or di- dirty things into our water. How, how, how does that work? What are you thinking? You know, so, so, but, but I think that's kind of where it starts, starts going. And, 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 and again, I think, I, I think, um, our 
Um, I'm really, really happy that the whole sense of conscious co capitalism and, you know, uh, you see many, 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 you know, Fortune 100 uh, CEOs who, who are really, really leading the charge in these areas. So, so it's not... It's, it's not just kind of a, a small one-off thing now. It's, it's right. no, people are really seeing it. And, right. and consumers are, are impacting brands who aren't that way. You're doing what? Like, uh-uh, I don't want to buy from you. And right. do we? Of course we right. don't. No, yeah. and I think to your, to your point, you know, as you scale, kind of you know, mm -hmm. coming full circle with the, with the scalability conversation, as a leader or a founder, whoever you may be, as you scale and you kind of become more and more removed from that day-to-day -day mission of the company, yeah. it's my feeling that it's your job to make sure you're still connected, whether that's by checking you know, in with yourself and making sure you have an increased level of self-awareness yes. or you know, making sure that you're actively listening, whatever it may be. But I think sometimes when you become 10, 15, levels removed from the actual day-to-day -day mission, it can probably be extremely hard to not be making decisions from a tower somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, think, I, think, I think you're right. And, and, you know, and, and again, you know, in the end, I, I think it's, it's really hard to follow people with a real lack of integrity. You know, and yeah. on the other hand, you get where some, some businesses, somebody's paying them a whole lot of money. And it's like they, they used to say, and, and maybe it's still the case, is that, you know, to work in the tobacco industry, there was a, there was an, they, that kids coming out of business school would get paid 10 or 15K starting bonuses more to work in the tobacco still industry. There. Still there yeah, still there. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's yeah. like, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I, you know, oh, come, you know, come chase the talent here. Now, now, you know, so, uh, so yeah. I just think, I think it's in, such an interesting conversation because again, you can't necessarily fault people if somebody says, hey, here's an extra $15,000. You don't know their situation, right? Mm -hmm. Or what they're looking for, you know, yeah. but I think maybe it's as I get older, you know, and as kind of life evolves as it is, they're, they're, I'm reminded that there is an ability to choose, right? They're, you know, choose your path, reevaluate your path, understand fully how you want to show up in this world as a leader, Mm -hmm. as an employee, as an entrepreneur, all of the things, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, um, you know, and, and it's, it's easy, um, or, or it's, it's easier sitting on this, you know, I've been working three decades now, so, so it's, I've made it. Okay. So as a 20 year old, you know, that those decisions are harder, uh, um, you know, but it's, it's still in the end, it's, 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 it's choosing, the whole community is a is a, I think in a better is a better choice and and I think back I think I think you know I I'm pretty proud of most of the decisions I made and the core and the and the core driver um, you know which really for me has been about developing young student leaders that really is I got it early I got the bug and it's never left me so so I feel really um, really great about that and there's something to that trying to find that thing that really excites you and to go to work every day and make an impact. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you say, just because I think there are some preconceived notions about the younger generation right now, yes. up, which I don't, you know, some of them, maybe they ring true. Some of them, I mean, though, I think it's just generational gaps kind of showing, yes. their, showing their colors there. So, I mean, what are the kind of, you know, the top, I don't know, let's give three, top three things that you want to make sure you instill in these, these, I call them kids right. <laughs> coming out, right? Well, so like, I guess a couple of things is, is number one, I think number one, what you're pointing to is there's always a generational gap. The, you know, 
every generation, you know, looks down on the next, you know, in a negative way. That's just what I was looked down on. And then it just continues. Now for me, I still consider myself Till 28. So I feel like I'm just part of the, <laughs> yeah. the generation. I just stay there. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, to me, the, 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 the same things that you were taught, uh, we should be teaching our kids. I was taught I should be teaching my kids. And, and so, you know, you know, again, integrity and be kind and, you know, treat people well and, 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 you know, serve our customers really well. All these, all these things still are the same. Um, and, um, and uh, I, I think the, the impact of our, you know, if, if we look at the younger generation right now, I think, I think a big thing is they've been massively impacted by social media and it's really hard not to. And, and the likes and, the, and seeing people's public self versus their, 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 their private self and hiding that and, 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 and just like, wow, their life looks great. And, and, and I never grew up with that. And that would, that, that's a big, that's a big shift. And, and, um, um, and there's, there's way, way more mental health problems than, than, yeah. well, sorry, apparently. Okay. Because be, they might've been so there before. I, yeah. Cause I think certainly some of it, some of it is, is definitely impacted by the social media. And on the other hand, people used to just hide it, but there definitely is way more teenage suicide. Right. And so that's a real, real concern. Um, so, um, and I think there's, there's just, uh, there's an opportunity for real connection and not to say that, not to say that I think people in the past were so connected, right? right. But um, you know, in some ways, there is more connection. Like if you think about it, you go think of there's just way more yoga and meditation and mindfulness yeah. and 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 you know than ever before. Like right. um, right. you know, right. like all the wisdom out there that's just so available for us yeah. wasn't available decades ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I have a four and a seven-year-old and yoga is part of their like typical curriculum in school. That, and yeah. I just, I just look back and I'm like, imagine, imagine if we had had that. I don't know if we yeah. would have accepted it or, you yes. know, because our parents were a completely different generation too. Yes. But, you know, for every person that says to me, like how, you know, we're a negative comment about the generations coming up, you know, there's about 15 positives. Yes. Well, yeah. right. Because nothing, you and I both know nothing is ever black and white. No, <laughs> that no. black and white. Right. <laughs> well, and on top of it, it should be any time sport that you look at the best people in the world are operating now. Yeah. Okay. So it's, 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 but people think Michael Jordan was better and not saying, you know, but not getting into the debate, <laughs> but anytime sport, they're better. And why? Right. Cause they're standing on the shoulders. Yeah. They're teaching everybody to shoot better. We're, we're, they, they, they have all the books that have been written in the last 30 years that I didn't have when I was 20. They've yeah. got, and they're, the, the way they teach people is different. And, and like you said, all these mindfulness apps, all these things that people are learning at a younger age, I, I think we are better off and we, I hope we are because we've got more challenges than ever before with the growth of the world and things like that, that we need to deal with. So, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, like, 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 I think it's really, really easy to sit back and judge and, um, but I think it's way, way healthier to sort of just see, Oh, here's some opportunities for their growth. And here's a bunch of areas where they're way ahead of where we actually were. Yeah. And actually look at the situation as it is, not yes. as, you know, you may think about it, uh, you know, how it, how it might be or through your filter, yes. you know, as we all look at everything through our own of course. filters and baggage or whatever our experiences were, but to really actually look at these kids and say, 
No, look at the amazing things. There's a reason why we're seeing, you know, millionaires in their twenties. Yes. The reason why entrepreneurship is such a big thing for, for that age, because they're good at it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you very much. This conversation is just absolutely amazing. I think a lot of our listeners are going to find great value and any entrepreneurs out there, you know, even if you're a solopreneur, integrity, kindness, yes. all of these values are just, they're just such key things to succeeding in life and business, all of the things, right? 100%. <laughs> yeah. So tell folks a little bit more about where they can find you, you know, anywhere, any, anything you want them to know about your business. Well, well f- fantastic. Well, one of the things I'd, I'd point to is just our podcast. So if you're a podcast listener, we have the leaders of tomorrow podcast um you know in canada we operate under studentworks.com so you can go to studentworks.com if you know a young leader who's looking for an opportunity to really grow and expand their leadership capabilities um my i can be reached on linkedin as well um and i'm sure we'll put that in the show notes so so um but that's that's where you can that's where you can find out more about what we're up to and what we're doing Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I mean, I think what you're doing, like I said before, is amazing. And I think it's much needed in order to build kind of that real world connection, offline connection. Absolutely. Have the ability to marry it with the online connections, which is kind of the sweet spot that we're all looking for. Absolutely. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you very much for having me on and uh, continued success, Michelle. Thank you very much. Well, everyone, I think one of my life goals is going to be to one, make a million dollars, then two, lose the million dollars and three, make it back (laughs) because I just feel like there is just so much learning that can happen in all of that. I mean, look at Chris and everything that he had to say in this episode. I don't think there is, you know, necessarily one core thing. I think there's many. And I think this is one of those episodes that I may go back and I suggest you do too and listen to you know, maybe once or twice and kind of just, just hear those little nuggets all throughout that can help you with your business and your life. Right. And on next week's episode, I am welcoming a beautiful person, um, Case Lane to the show. Case is a writer, an entrepreneur, a traveler, a former diplomat. She's got an amazing background and her focus is helping entrepreneurs you know, take advantage of the technology and the global resources that are at their fingertips, especially right now. So that is an episode that you will not want to miss. And as always, if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later. 